Okay. Okay. Good morning. Today is January thirty first. Hey Teves. Hey Shvat. And learning should be Leila Nishmas Kitel Parabas Betzal here in the Hollywood Shtibol. Daf Chav Ches Amid Aleph in Brachas. We are in the middle of an intense story. There were two opinions that were solicited by the by a, a student about whether myriv you can daven evening services whether that's an obligation or that's a suggestion and uh, that you have permission to skip it we are 28a and the just going over to get us back into the story that was in the middle of taking place Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua, Rabbi Gamliel was the Rosh Hashiva. Rabbi Gamliel said that you have to. Rabbi Yeshua said you don't have to. Rabbi Yeshua was not given permission to join the rest of the Talmidim in sitting during the Shia of Rabbi Gamliel because of his challenge. The Talmidim in the Beis Medrash or the, said, you know, we, it's time for us to choose a new Rosh Hashiva, not Rabbi Gamliel. And, and they said, we can't choose Rabbi Yeshua. You could sit, Judah. You have permission to sit. I don't, don't, I don't want to be the Raman Gamliel of the story. Waiting for the phone to put it in front of you. Okay, so, uh, so they said uh, they can't choose Rabbi Yeshua because he was the uh, protagonist of the story. Like, that wouldn't make sense. They can't choose uh, Rabbi Akiva because Rabbi Akiva did not have the necessary merits in his lineage to protect him from whatever repercussions there would be because he would be part of the ouster of Rabbi Gamliel. So Gemara said, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah, now I know why they chose him to be their Shiva, because instead of answering yes or no, he says, first thing I have to do is let me ask my wife. That's uh, what he uh, told them. Now that was a pretty, that was a pretty smart move. She was on the other side of the machine. She, well, he came home. He came home and the Gemara says, Chav Alf. What was her response? Dilma Ma'avrim Lach. Maybe they'll get rid of you too soon. Just like they got rid of her Gamliel, you're going to be next. She had a very, she had a very high, yeah, she had a very high opinion of her husband. <laughs> maybe, maybe you'll be next. Amalah. So he answered her, I'd rather be using a, a delicate glass today, drink out of a delicate glass today, even though it may break tomorrow, you know. So what? So, so they get rid of me tomorrow. But at least I'll have been the Rosh Hashiva for a day. She said, even for, you don't even have uh, white hairs. You're, you're a young man still. You don't have enough, uh, you don't look old enough to be the Rosh Hashiva. He was only uh, 18 years old, and on that day he grew uh, how many, how many uh, 18 rows of white, of white hair. We say it by the Seder, right? He didn't say I was 70 years old. I was like 70 years old. Why was I like 70 years old? Because of my white hairs. I had 18 rows of white hairs. It doesn't say anything, but it was his wife that pointed that out. That was his wife that told him that you look too young, right? 
Okay, Tana Oisayim. So cool, Shoyim at Pesach. So that day, Oisayim, that day that they switched through Shashiva from being Rabbi Rabbi Gamliel to Rabbi Lazarus Azariah, it didn't just switch the style of the whatever shear that he gave, but the whole format of learning of Chinuch of Torah education Masaira in Klal Yisrael changed that day. So cool, Shoyim at Pesach and Nasla Mushos the Tamidim Likanes. They gave permission for all students to enter. Shayim Gamliel Machrus Vaimer. Gamliel would say, Call Tamad Shayim Taikhe Kabari Lai Karnas Labesa Medrash. Any student whose outside appearance and actions and inside do not, are not on the same, even, are not the same, shouldn't come into the base Medrash. Basically, he demanded uh, such a high standard between for the students. That uh, it, it it shut the door for many. But because of the low, because of the change in in what is the right way to to teach, do you limit the entry only to those who you feel are the most appropriate to be your students, or do you take everybody and whoever learns learns, and whatever they change, they change, and if they don't become perfect, they don't become perfect. But at least they had a chance to learn. And they added that day, they had to add hundreds of benches. There was a dispute how many exactly they had to ask and add. They added either 400 or 700 benches to the base medrash. Now, I don't know if a bench held two people or a bench held 20 people. When I was in the mirror, uh, the bench held six or seven people. If you needed a safer to get up the middle, either you had to be very skinny and squeeze between the bench and the stender, or you had to have everybody on the bench would like lean forward a couple of inches and you would be able to walk on the bench to get out. And they actually had little shots and on, throughout the people had on the window, so it was like they didn't want to get up because you couldn't get anywhere to get a safer. Let's say you want to look up a Gemara. So in some of the Batim Midrashim, on the windowsills, they had, people had little, like these shasim, which had like six Masechtas in one thing, to minimize it. So 400 benches or 700 benches, whether it's, uh, whether it's two people a bench, or uh, one person a bench, or 10 people on a bench, that's a huge expansion for expansion I'm surprised they didn't have to do a campaign for it. Right? How they do it? How they get 400 benches? It shows that when there's a real strong demand, the money is there. When the need is 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 such that, yeah, have a It's like the shkiver. Right? Right? Bring your own bench. Dave's at the end. Have a Now, of course, this made Ram Gamliel very depressed. Ram Gamliel was the previous Rosh Hashiva. And Gamliel saw the amount of potential that he had been shutting the door to till the, all this time. Maybe I, uh, I stopped learning. I stopped so many people from learning. He saw in his dream these uh, vases or um, these uh, vases or some, some type of uh, thing filled with ashes. As if to say, like, these are, these are not, Rashi uh, these students are not really like you're adding Torah to Klal Yisrael. What they learn, whatever they're here for, they're not here to, you didn't miss out by not having the extra 400 people here. 
It's uh, right. Sometimes more people would take away from what you're trying to achieve. If you're trying to achieve a minion where uh, nobody talks as one of the key features, so you could add more benches. But if you lose your, if you lose the quality that you had, then you, you, you didn't add anything. So uh, that's that's what the dream of Gamliel. Uh, showed him. The real truth is that it they were it was a very good thing to have another four hundred or seven hundred benches in this measures. But in order that Gamliel shouldn't lose his mind over how many students he had turned down that could have been part of the learning in Klal Yisrael. So he had that dream, but it wasn't uh, the truth. Tana idias by by yaim nishnas. The mesachdas idias was taught on that first day, on that same day. The kol hechad aminim by by yaim. Any time you come across by by yaim that day, quote unquote, ahu yaim ahava is referring to things which were taught in the base medrash on that day of the story that we just read. V'loy haisa halacha shahaisa kluya be base medrash shaloy pershua, and there was no halacha. I guess Rabbi Lazar and Azariah brought such a level of clarity and the fact that you had so many students there, there was such a level of clarity in halacha that there was no uh, medrash, there was no shayla that didn't get an answer. And even Rabbi Gamliel, who you would have thought at this point would give up, he would make a breakaway yeshiva, he would show them all who's the real brains over here behind the operation. Rabbi Gamliel didn't even miss one hour from being together in the, in the yeshiva, even though he was no longer, at the moment, the Rosh Yeshiva did tanan. Where do we see that from? A ger by the name of Yehuda, a convert who was from the nation of Amoy. Now, Amon and Moyev, we know, have a restriction in marrying into the Jewish people. So, Amalahem, Yehuda said to them, um, the Bach changes. Am I allowed? Is it permissible for me to come into the marry into the Jewish people? Because I know that I am from a nation which was barred from marrying into the Jewish people. Gamliel answered, "You are not allowed to marry. You're an Amoni. You're not allowed to marry into the Jewish people." So nothing really changed, right? Rabbi Shua said, no, you're mutter to marry it. Doesn't say explicitly in the Pasuk that they may not marry in. Are they really the same people who are the, the people who the Pasuk declared in Isser a love for them to marry in? Are they the same people who are living in the Ammon and Mayav of today? Sancheirev mixed up all the nations and the ones who live, we don't really know anymore today which nation of the world is that nation which was prohibited from joining us. And therefore, even if somebody says they're from Amun or from Mayav, Rav of the people there are not from Amun and Mayav because they were forcibly switched around by St. Cherif. Amalai Rav Gamliel, 
aren't they back? It doesn't the pasuk tell us that they were returned? He doesn't it also say in Amos, right? Where's that passage from? In Amos, that I have returned the Bnei Yisrael to the desolate cities, and that didn't happen yet. So therefore, we see that when it says they were returned, it's talking about a future event, a future vision. So they allowed this Yehuda to come into to marry a Jew because he was from Amon and we Paskin, I guess, like, uh, like Rabbi Yeshua. He was the Rosh Hashiva. I see that this is, uh, this is what's happening. I'm no longer the Rosh Hashiva, and people like this Rosh Hashiva, Rabbi Yeshua. So it's up to me now to make sure that he doesn't have any complaints so against me. Uh, sorry, uh, right, but uh, they, I guess he's, uh, so why, what, what changed now? I don't know what the Gemara says that at this point, we were, he went to Rabbi Yeshua. Right, it's interesting that the, in that whole halachic story, which we understand, the purpose is to prove that Rabbi Gamliel didn't take a step back. That was the purpose. The story of bringing down that, 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 that story with Yehuda was to show that Rabbi Gamliel was there the whole time. But the question is, what, like, the Roshiva didn't weigh in, Rabbi Lazar ben Azariah. Okay, maybe that was the way it went. more of a hands-off. I don't know, we'll see. I'm uh, He was much younger than them also, you know. I will go and be Mephias, Rabbi Yeshua. Kimat lebesi chazinu debisu He saw that the walls of the house of Rabbi Yeshua were black. So obviously he said, uh, I know what you do for a living. You're, uh, you're a blacksmith. You're, you're working with uh, metal sparks, hot fires that are making your walls black. It seems like he didn't know until that point. Again, they were arguers. They were, he was, it had to be a Talmud of Ramakamliel because Ramakamliel was the previous Shiva. And uh, yet he had no idea that this Talmud of his, Rabbi Shua, was a blacksmith. Amalei, so he said, now he came to his house for the first time when he came to be advise him, ah, he said, I see you're a blacksmith. He said, so Rabbi Shua said to him, what was to my generation where the Rosh Hashiva doesn't know how hard it is for the students to make a living and what Talmidei Chacham have to do in order to make, um, to make a Parnasa, in order to sustain themselves. So he said to him, please forgive me in the, not for my sake, for my sake, uh, I, 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 for my sake, I'm not going to be forgiven. I'm, I, I got punished already. <coughs> but my father was Rupshim ben Gamliel. Gamliel was the son of Rupshim ben Gamliel. And he was uh, t- uh, from the... Uh, uh, for his sake, uh, please uh, forgive me. Amru, pious Amru man nasal, lame the Amru, Kavis. Who should go tell the abundance? And now they said, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll patch things up to Rupshim ben Gamliel. Being that things will be patched up, I guess Rambamliel should get back his old uh, position, or at least it should be known to the Rabbanon who ousted him that uh, he's deserving again 
that there's no more fight between Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Shua, because that's the reason why they ousted him, was because he didn't let Rabbi Shua sit down in the shir. So the Gemara, a couple of lines before they get ultra-wide, who should, get, who should go tell the Rabbanan about the change in, in their relationship? There was a washerman who said, I'll go. Shalach lo Rabbi Shua lebei Medrasha. Man de lavish mada yilbush mada. Man de loy lavish mada yemle le man de lavish mada shalach madcha vana al bishay. So I'm not quite sure the message over here. You know how, uh, but he basically said the one who is the nasi is the one who wears white should wear white, right? The one who wears white should wear white. The one who's the, who's from the leaders should be the leader. I guess that, that was uh, talking about Rabbi Gamliel, that he was deserving of, uh, to continue on as the, as the leader. Rashi says, the lavish mada the one who always wore the cloak, Yilbash, the one who's been the leader should continue to be the leader. You, know, you shouldn't have a new leader. Okay. Amluhu Rabbi Akiva, the Rabbanan, Troiko Gale de la Lacey Avdi Durgamliel, Ulatsayo de Rabbanan. So Rabbi Akiva said, Rabbi Akiva's response, Rabbi Akiva was not chosen to be the Rosh Hashiva, right? How are you, go, um, how are you going to Gale de la Lacey Avdi Durgamliel, Ulatsayo de Rabbanan? How are we going to make sure? That there's no, uh, that there's no, uh, not going to be a fight. I'll go to him. So it seems like there was this whole uh, cryptic exchange about what, uh, about what, um, you know who should uh, who should who should how how to pull this off? I'm a lay Rebbe Kiva Rebbe Shua and his Faiser. Klum asinu ela b'shvil kvaydecha. And they told him they said this to Rebbe Shua. We only did this. We didn't want to. We didn't come to fight with Rebbe Gamliel to make him a chleikus. We did this in order to make you happy. L'macha ani ba'ata me and you nashkim lefiskai will go. Amri hechi nevid. How should we do this now? How did, how, how did Akiva know that this guy was coming? How did they have that communication? With so well, they were all there. They were all oh, the they, same, around the same Bismajor, so I imagine they lived in close proximity. No? Maybe so. Because Akiva was one of the choices. But he went in privacy to the house to, to, to beg forgiveness and stuff. Like, he did it in quietness. They had that little argument. Akiva had an entourage. And then the larger man shows up, right? So... Uh, Maybe there was some little kids around and they, they, they ran off. Yeah. So. It, it, I, they could have gone with other people. Nobody says they went alone. Yeah. I'd like to say this is the first time in history the Rosh was in a and taken away and then they went to send a party to satisfy the other person. It could be Rabbi Kiva's seen this before and he knew that they were going to, that when they appointed Rabbi Gamliel, when they appointed Rabbi ben Azariah as the new Rosh Hashiva, he knew that this was for the day. Yeah, this was yeah. just till they have a plan 
to figure out how to reconcile with uh, Rabbi Shua and Rabbi Gamliel. Interim. Uh, uh, you know, I'd like to say that. So Rabbi Kiva could be new that they were, this was all going to take place. Maybe this was uh, more, more frequent. But the Gemara doesn't suggest that. It seems like this was, right? This was a, a, a unique, extraordinary event. I'm just going to assume they all lived right around the base Medrash. Ah, so Hechi Now, first ultra-wide line down, Chav Chesam How are we going to pull off the reconciliation and bring Rabbi Gamliel back? Navid, Nave, to take him away, to take away Rabbi Lazar ben Gamiri, we were taught, Malam B'Kodesh Ve'en You can't take somebody down from their position of Kedusha. You can't make him not a Roshiva anymore if he didn't do anything wrong. Why don't we have an alternating Rosh Hashivas where one gives Shir one week and one gives Shir the other week? Which actually, that, that's very good. One Rosh Hashiva will fundraise one week, the next week he'll give Shir, the next week he'll fundraise. This way they'll take turns. It'll be very good, right? It won't work because they're going to be jealous which one will get, a, I guess, which one will get a bigger Shir. It's also my question would be, how would you work? Would Ramangalil go back to his shita of not allowing everybody in? So one week you'd be allowed to come and one week you wouldn't be allowed to come? Give Ramangalil three weeks out of four. Ramangalil will get the fourth week. And that's where the expression came from. Whose week was it? It was the week of Ramangalil because he would get one out of four. And the bottom line is for the, for the clincher, but I say Talmud, who was the Talmud that asked that original question whether Mayriv is a Choyva or Mayriv is a Shus, which sparked the whole uh, debate between Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi Shua? It was Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. Have a, it was Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai was the one who started up the whole thing. The whistleblower. He was the whistleblower. Right, but Lamaisa he got uh, okay. Rabbi Shua's honor had to be stood up for, and it was right. Mm. That's what they did. They did a one, one, one and three, one and three. And they come up with one and three. What do they do with the empty benches? No, what do they do with every shoot by sheer clothing? What do they do? They have. They don't take them out. They they just have empty benches. Okay, Vishal So going back to our Mishnah. We said, Musaf, you could daven all day, right? We said, Musaf, you could daven all day. That was the last line of the Mishnah, according to the Tanakhama. Amr v'nikra Peshaya. Do that, and we will call you a negligent one. Like, a, you, you, what do you mean? You're taking the whole day. This might sound a little familiar. That you have to, to daven mincha, but you didn't yet daven Musaf. There are bonon time Carmel tell you first you daven mincha uh, and then musaf. Clearly they don't hold like Rabbi Yechonon, right? Rabbi Yehuda, remember, You better daven the one that's going to expire first. And Rabbi Yechonon, in fact, tells us the halacha is. You daven mincha first, and then Mosif, which is, which, uh, I don't know, that would, right? That would sound like the, uh, the opposite of what, of a Peshea. I would have thought you would first be worried about Mosif, but, uh, 
That's, uh, says, that's the halacha. Very interesting over here. Reb Zeira, the Gemara says, what would he do when he didn't have the energy to learn? When he wouldn't have the energy to learn, he would go and sit by the entrance to the base Medrash, and when Tamidei Chacham would walk by, he would stand up for them, and he would say, at least I have the ability to, uh, to, to get rewarded for showing honor to scholars. Aser Reb Nassim Batuvi, Reb Nassim Batuvi came out from his bismedrash. Amulei Reb Zeir said to him, "Man, Amar Halacha be Midrasha. What did they say today in the bismedrash? What halacha? Amulei Hachi Amar Reb Yechanan, Ein Halacha Kreb Yehuda Da Amar Mespal Adam Shal Musa Vakak Mespal Shal Mincha." So he said that Reb Yechanan is the one who spoke today in the bismedrash, and he taught everybody that the halacha is not like Reb Yehuda, who says you should daven Musa first, but rather you should daven Mincha first. He learned it four, four, 40 times. It was a chiddush to you or not? It was exciting. It was new for me because I thought that I heard it from Rabbi Shur ben Levi and now I heard it from Rabbi Yechanan. I'm Rabbi Shubin Levi. Speaking of Rabbi Shubin Levi, says the Gemara, four lines down from the bottom of 28. If somebody passes by that seven hour time limit according to Rabbi Yehuda, so they are considered like they have pushed away. The Pasuk says, it's a Pasuk in Sefania. So they are pushing away the mayid, right? Musaf is all added on, only in special occasions. My mashma, the nugi lishne de tavrahu, nugi could mean broken. Kedem targon rabbi yisif, tavra asi al, al sneyoin de beis yisrael, al de achruzman mayedeh de be yerushalayim. The fact that they uh, uh, pushed off the, 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 those, the, it's like those who don't come, to the Mayat in Yerushalayim. Amr Abelazar comes about, Phil Shashak was like, I have a shash of you, the Allah of Akasvaimer, Nugi Mayat is after Mecca. We want to apply the same passage to those who have shakras after this man's villa, after the four hours. Now it's interesting because till now we never said anything negative about somebody who doesn't daven in this manner. We said you don't get the schar. Right? We said you get you get schar tefillah, you get the reward for davening, but you don't get the reward for davening tefillah bismani, tefillah at the right time. But now we're going a step further and we're, we're saying you're, you're, you're actually being described negatively in the Psukim, right? That's the first time we have like... Would you say you're a Pashaya if you don't uh, that, that, Yeah, but Rabbi wasn't even talking about if you missed this man's tefillah. Rabbi was saying you're a Pashaya because maybe you won't say it altogether. Even if you say it in the right time, he says, one who delays davening Musaf, that's a separate... Yeah, but that's a separate... That, uh, I, I hear it, and he didn't have a Pasuk to back that up. But here the Gemara is giving a negative, uh, you're pushing away Hashem almost, right? If you, uh, if you daven, that's all. I'm just saying, I, I think this is the first time that we're saying something negative about somebody who davens, says the Gemara, it's a lashon of tsar, the ksiv, of pain, as the Pasuk says, in Eicha, Darche Tzion, Avele, as... The, the, the pasuk says, "Nuga uh, da, dalfa 
nafshi mituga. Dalfa nafshi mituga. So uh, that's not that's in Tehillim. From from Eicha we see that it's a, lot, a description of Nuga means pain. The and it's bitter to her. Says Gemara Chav Chesamid Beis Rav Avia Cholish Rav Avia got sick and he wasn't able to teach or learn. He couldn't come to Rav Yosef's shear. Now it's like this whole. Thing. If you don't show up to the Rosh Hashidah Shir, immediately they suspected, like, why aren't you here? Are you starting your own yeshiva? Are you doing it because you, you, out of protest, is this a silent protest that you didn't agree with something that was said yesterday in Shir? Okay. Lemacher <coughs> Kiyasa, when he came the next day, Abai wanted to see uh, what's going on. Why didn't you come? I couldn't come. I wasn't feeling well. I wasn't up to it. This is a big deal. So you eat something and then you come if you weren't feeling well. Since the shear was given on Shabbos and the shear was given before, I guess before Musaf, he said, I, I wouldn't have time. I, how could I eat before Musaf? There's no, basically he told him, why didn't you join the Kiddush Club? And he said to him, what are, you, are you off your rockers? There's no, uh, we don't do that. He says, you could have done, you could have eaten, uh, daven musaf yourself on your own and then eaten something and then come to the shir. What? That's even worse. You want me to be a Parish from Natsiba? You want me to daven uh, not part of the Natsiba? I don't have the right to do that. Didn't Rababa interpret that prohibition? Isn't that only true if you're with the congregation to jumpstart the Musaf and Davin on your own? But if you're home because you're not feeling well and you Davin Musaf and then you come to Shul for the Shear, that wouldn't be a problem. Okay. And the Gemara says, there's two things that were said in this previous Gemara, which in fact do not carry over into the halachic sphere. Not like Rav Huna, who said what? Who said that you should uh, uh, eat before, can't eat before davening. So I don't know what that means. Before Musaf, right, before Musaf. So what, a, what does that mean, that you can? You can? Before Musaf. You can have Kiddush Club. You heard it here first. Right, right. A lot of summer camps and yeshiva, yeshiva. Right, that's right. Shana for sure. That's that's what I mean. Yeah, a lot of people try try not to, but it's, uh, yeah. For sure, simply Torah. Yeah. Yeah. Damer yeshiva ben Levi. Kiva and Shegi as man tefilas amincha asla laadn shiitim klom kaidn shvat tefilas amincha. Shuban Levi says that once it's ready time to daven mincha, you're not allowed to taste anything, you're not allowed to eat anything, and the halach is not like that. Oh, you can't eat before. Uh, that's what it seems like from our Gemara. Uh, there is a generally a thing you're not allowed to sit down to a meal when it's time to daven. But, okay. 
Says the Mishra, Reb Nochonya ben Akana. Reb Nochonya ben Akana, you must follow the Knesset of the base measure should be be tziyase tefilah katsara. He would say a special davening upon his entrance and his exit to his base measure. And what was that tefilah? Amrulai ma makam letefilah zu. What's 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 your issue? You're not going like to the Wild West. You're going into yeshiva. Like how dangerous could it be in the base measure, right? Amrulahem be Knesset. Any mispal shleiyar david akala yadi. When I go in, I daven that I shouldn't come to make a halachic mistake and say the wrong sack to anybody, tell anybody the wrong thing. And I give thanks to Hashem on my way out. So it seems like the, the, they thought that if you're saying a tefillah, it has to be like tefillah saderach, where you're davening to be protected from the listim, from the wild animals, the robbers, and... Uh, they obviously weren't worried in their shuls of an attack because they were sitting in the base measures, right? Because Otherwise, they well, they all carry. The Paris they all carry. <laughs> but, George. <laughs> okay, well, they, but they did have a guard. They had a shimer, right? We saw that in the last Gemara that they had no, a shimer. No, no, no. Okay, but then they brought back from Gamliel three out of four weeks. Oh, so I don't know what they did. They did not say they brought the guard back. They did not say they brought the guard back. Okay. Maybe the guard didn't know. Okay. Tanar Abanan. Tanar Says the Gemara. What did he say when he entered? It should be the will of Hashem. That I shouldn't, uh, no takala, no, no uh, bad events should happen because of me. And no, this is a new, uh, the tefillah is in the front of the Gemaras. And I should not make a mistake. And my friends should be happy with me. And I shouldn't declare things which are pure, impure, vice versa. And nobody in my company should make a mistake in halacha and we should rejoice with them. And what would he say when he would leave? What would he say when he would leave? I give thanks to you, my God, my Creator, that has given me the joy of being one of the people in the base Medjush. And my. And you have not placed my lot with those who sit on the highway robbers, on the corners of the streets. We both get up early in the morning, right? You, you, you always look over your shoulder when it's dark and you're walking uh, to Shul. I'm running off to Divrei Torah. The people of the highway robbers, they're going to, do, uh, to waste their time. We both work. I work and get reward. I work in Torah and get rewarded. And they work and they don't get any reward. We both run. I am running in order to gain more of a portion of the world to come. And they are running towards a path of destruction and Gehenna. When Rebbe got sick, so the Talmidim of Rebbe Yezer came to visit him. They said, Rebbeinu, teach us, uh, teach us the, the, the ways that we can earn a portion of the world to come. 
Amalahem, has hiru bechavid chavrechem, be careful with the honor, the kavod of your friends. It's interesting that this comes, even though this is coming off this Mishnah, a new Mishnah, but it comes right after we had that whole story with Ramon Gamliel and Rabbi Yeshua. Like, uh, all Ramon Gamliel, if he would have just told Rabbi Yeshua, I didn't mean that you have to stand forever, you could sit. The whole uh, episode would have been avoided. But the Talmidim picked up, the other Rabbanim were there, they picked up that Rabbi Yeshua's honor was being slighted. And uh, they stood up for him. So first advice is, if you want to chayar lo'abba, be careful with the honor of your friends. Umanu b'nechem in Stop your children from being, uh, from, from vanity, and make sure to, that they should be uh, between the legs of tamidei chachamim. And when you daven, know who you're standing in front of. And that's enough. Just for those things, you'll merit a portion of the world to come. When Rebbeichenemenzakai got sick, his students came in to be mevakar him. By the way, it almost sounds like in the last story, the way the question they, they, they posed to him tell us how to get a portion of the world to come. It seems like they anticipated him not recovering. Like, this is a very strong question. They didn't come to ask him, like, till one day you could say Kiddush Levana. You know, they, they came to ask him, like, uh, uh, you know, give us your, your final words. Final right? Yeah. So now, his students came in to be mevakar chaylam. Given Shirah, Aysam, his chalifkais. When he saw his, his students there, he started to cry. The student said to him, the light of Israel, the strong pillar, the hammer, the mighty hammer. Why are you crying? They asked. If I were to be appearing before a king soon of flesh and blood, who, when he gets angry, it's not forever, and when he kills somebody, it's not an eternal death, and when he forbids something on you, it's not a forbidden forever, and you... Can, and you can uh, appease him with words, and you can bribe him with money, I would be crying. And even so, even though he's not such a powerful king after all, he has all these limitations, I would still ha- be crying if I had to appear before him. Now that I am going to appear before Hashem, the king of the whole world, Shem Kayas Alai Kasikas Oilam, if he's angry at me, it's forever. The Mesrani Surya Israelam, his prohibitions last forever, the Misani Misasi Misasilam, and his death is forever. The Aini Yakalafis Bidvarm Blay the Shakti Mamma, I can't bribe him, Blay Oid Elashanai Shnei Drachim, Akashogana Aiden, Bakashogahenim. There's two paths where I could be sent. One is Ganaiden and one is Gehenim. 
And I don't know which way they're going to carry me. But I'm not going to cry. And this is Rabbi Yechon ben Zakkai talking. So they said to him, so give us a bracha. Says, I give you a blessing that the fear of heaven should be on you as strong as the fear of mankind. <laughs> we should fear Hashem as much as we fear another person. Shouldn't it be much more intense? <laughs> he says, Halavai, we should be embarrassed of doing an Avera as if we're embarrassed of getting caught by people. Before somebody does something wrong, they look around and see what are the chances that I'm going to get caught. And if we would only have so much fear of heaven as we have a fear of the shame of getting caught by people. At the time of his passing, Rabbi Yechon ben Zakkai told his uh, students, take out the kalim, take out the vessels that they shouldn't become tame, and prepare a chair for Chizkiah, who's going to come to my Leviah to greet me and to escort me into heaven. Wow. So he already knew which yeah. dignitaries were coming from the next world to come pick him up and bring him into Shemayim. Says the Mishnah, speaking about Rabbi Gamliel, what did Rabbi Gamliel teach us? Every day a person should say in their Amida 18 brachas, 18 brachas in their tefillah. Rabbi Yeshua, nah, from the Yudchas. We'll see what that means. If a person is very knows the words correctly, they should say all eighteen. But if not, then they should say like Rabbi Yeshua, a part, a, a form of it. Somebody, now, if you would just read the words, you would think that means somebody who makes their, their prayer uh, steady, uh, set. Ain't tefillahs are not wanted. You would think, why not? He's somebody who davens every day. But the answer is, if it becomes a, a daily chore or something where there's no routine, where there's no chiddush to it, so then it's not what Hashem wants. Rabbi Shuaimer, Somebody who's traveling in a dangerous place, says a special shortened Shmaina Esrei, as opposed to all 18 brachas. Hashem, please save your nation, the remains of Israel, in every situation that they pass through, uh, you sh- their needs should be considered before you. What a beautiful tefillah, right? Hashem should consider our needs, whatever challenge we're going through. Baruch Atah Hashem Shemeyat Tefillah. And conclude that Hashem is the blessing, listens to all prayers. Hayiroich Valchamar. So you're riding on a donkey, and comes time to Davin Shemayna Esrei, and you want to face the right direction towards Yerushalayim. Yered v'yispalo, you get off your donkey and daven. Remain yachol, layered. If you can't get down, 
Yachzer as Panav, at least turn your face towards the right direction. You get one of those Yeki Sidurim, which have a compass built into the cover. They used to have such Sidurim. Yeah. That, uh, I don't know if anybody here has ever seen one, but uh, they, used to, they used to even give, I think by the Breuer's dinner, they used to give them out or something. I remember getting them with a little compass in the thing in case you can't get off your donkey and you still need a face <laughs> in the right direction. If you can't turn your head, you should at least focus your heart towards the Holy of Holies. If you're traveling on a boat, uh, then, uh, then uh, or you're in a place where you're uh, on a raft, something like that, uh, you can't... Uh, can't actually get off of it, so then also you should turn your heart towards the base Kajakach. Now, of course, everybody's been mentally count, counting over when we said Yud Ches, Brachas, 18 Brachas, everybody's been mentally counting. One second, we have the three in the beginning, we have Atachayning, and going through, and then we come, Shema Kailainu, and by the time you hit Brach of Maidim already, you're already up to 18, and Sim Shalom is number 19. So you're wondering, is this Gemara talking about Aushmanesser or not? Right? Says the Gemara. So we'll see, we'll get there. But at the moment, let's just live with the, the notion that it's 18. Hani Yud Ches, where does the number 18 come from? It's not just because Chai, but it actually, we have a reason why it's 18. Kenegad me, Amar, Kenegad me, what does it correspond to? Amar Bhil Braidim Shumba Nachmeni, Kenegad Yud Ches, Askarish, Amar David, Bahavala Shem Bnei Elam. It comes from a specific Pasek in Tehillim in Mizmar Le David. The 18 times that David Amelach said Hashem's name. Uh, Rabbi Yosef Amar, Rabbi Yosef gave a different opinion. It corresponds to the 18 mentions of Hashem in Shema. It actually corresponds to the 18 bones in the spine. Uh, right? Uh, uh, I guess there are, something like that. We'll see. Don't don't tell me eighteen yet, because we'll see. There's maybe there's nineteen. You have to bow down when you daven until all the uh, bones in your spine are, uh, are are visible, are popping out. That you have to be bowed down enough that if there's a coin called an iser on the on the floor, you'll, you'll, your chest will be bent over it. <laughs> Thank you, Reb Chanina. Reb Chanina said, okay, as long as you moved your head, you don't need to move more than that. But it has to appear that you're bowing down, that you're uh, attempting to, to do a full bowing. Says the Gemara. At command the Korea, Hani Tmani Sar, Frek the Gemara, Hani Tmani Sar, Tish Sari Haven. Why are you telling me whether there's 18 when in fact there's really 19? I'm a Reb Levi, Birchus Satsadukim, Velam Al Shinim, the Bracha Velam Al Shinim, 
that we say in Shemona Esrei B'Yavna Tiknua. They were only instituted later on when the Chachamim were living in Yavne, but not in the Mishnah. Says the Gemara, Kanegan Mi Tiknua. Why? Who did they have in mind when we they instituted that uh, bracha? And it wasn't right away when they got to Yavne. It was it was it was a while later, so we didn't count them in the Mishnah in the original eighteen. Uh, the Pasuk, where do you see in the Pasuk? In that Pasuk, uh, So we have that last word, Kel is also a Shem Hashem, and that's why we instituted one more bracha into the Shemayna Esrei. The Rabbi Yosef, Keneged the Echad in Kriya Shema includes one more, there's apparently a tiny bone at the bottom of the spine that you wouldn't necessarily count as the 18 vertebrae, the 18 bones of the spine, but, the nine, but it's sufficient enough to count for the 19. Very interesting. So we kind of have like a three-way machloikas here, what the source of, what the source of the number of brachas in Shema Nasrei are. Right? Is it either because of the amount of names of Hashem in Tehillim Tehil Chavtas, or because of Shema, or because of the amount of bones a person has in their spine. Tanurabana, we learned. Shimon HaPakuli, he's their Yudchez Brachas, Lifnei Remen Gamliel, Ala Seder Beyavne. Shimon HaPakuli, so where does that name come from? Uh, he used to sell, Rashi says, he would sell these uh, bundles of, of uh, Tzemer Geffen. What is Tzemer Geffen? Shekairin Katan. So he would, right? He would sell cotton. So that's what his name was. Shemin HaPakuli, his the Yudchaz Brachas of Nehru Gamliel, Alasei de Beyavna. So he went through the Shemayin Esri, which, the, which they used to daven in Yavna. So apparently, said, you're missing one, you need a bracha, you need something to mention the danger of the heretics. Question is, was that so difficult? Because Rabbi Gamliel asked, who could do that job? Is there somebody what was the specific challenge that Rabbi Gamliel had in mind? Meaning, what? Like it may seem like this is not a job for anybody or for the regular, for the for, for the gedolim, for the chacham to come up with. This is a sp- particularly difficult challenge. That's what I'm asking. That what, what, why why so? Well, the original the original Shmonesa was established by Shmonesa. Well, at this point, so we're already at the, ah, so you're uh, saying it has to do with with uh, with the fact that you're touching Shmonesa. Yeah. You're touching a you're fundamental. Messing, you're messing, you're with, messing with the fundamentals. You better be a chief programmer. Like who has the mm-hmm. God? Maybe you're right that we need a bracha for the meaning, but we don't have somebody who we really want to be in that position. I thought it would be that. Uh, okay, I, I hear, I hear. I would have. Uh, I would have thought maybe a possible answer is that Pshad uh, is that Minus <coughs> Minus Minus is something that 
like we saw even great, great Gedalim, right? Even uh, there were people, Kayan uh, Gadol, who fell to Minus. Minus is such a powerful, being a heretic at the time was such a powerful Yetzirah, was such a power that if you, who could be so strong that they could start up with that Mida? If you are the one who becomes known as the guy who wrote the, 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 the bracha of Bech Saminim, so the Yetzirah is going to attack you on that particular aspect and who has the strength to, to win that battle and take, by taking it head on. Maybe. Okay. Amad Shmuel HaKotten V'tikna. Shmuel HaKotten said, I will do it. And he was masaking the bracha. The next year, it was forgotten. He tried for two or three hours to come up, to, to figure it out, and he couldn't do it. Okay, we'll stop over there. It's very interesting how this week's Parsha, Parsha's boy, right? The Parsha starts off, boy, boy. The contrast, the ways of a parry, the ways of a rush like parry, with the ways of a Rabbi Gamliel. Rabbi Gamliel was taken away from him. He didn't do anything wrong. He, he was the Rosh Hashiva, and he disagreed with Rabbi Yeshua. He didn't do anything wrong, and, he, and, and yet they took away his whole yeshiva from him, and they appointed an 18-year-old. And the Gemara says it didn't stop him from coming to the base Medrash for even one hour. There was none of this hardness in his heart, no resentment over what happened. He just wanted to be in the base Medrash learning Torah. There was nothing to hold him back. You contrast that to Russia, like uh, Paroi, who uh, every time is, is, uh, wouldn't do anything to show any type of hachna or regret his whole country. And yes, we know that Hashem hardened his heart, but ultimately he was re- held responsible for the, at least the beginning of that. And the, here Paroi saw his whole country, his whole world dominion being destroyed because he couldn't let uh, the Jews go free. He couldn't bend himself one drop. Uh, with that he had the ability to do. And there were moments that he had the ability to, that his heart wasn't being hardened against as well. But we see that the, the difference between a Russia and a Tzadok like Will, <coughs> who can lose his whole yeshiva and still show up the next day to, and, and participate and not say, oh, I have to suffer now. I'm not getting the position that I originally had. I don't want to be part of this. So he didn't do it for himself, the Rosh Hashiva. He, he wasn't there in Gamliel for himself. He was there to be part of the Torah and part of Klai Yisrael. Have a wonderful show. <laughs>